Sonic States. What's wrong? Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk number 160. Happy New Year, everybody. We had a break over the Christmas uh, break and uh, now we're back. Um, hello to everybody in the chat room. Glad to see you in great numbers. I hope some of you are wrapped up warm. I don't know where you are in the world, but if you're in the UK, the UK has been hit by an un- unusually heavy snowfall. Um, really kind of quite extreme. Uh, just Dave just sent me a picture. He's got feet of snow. Uh, we had a few, you know, my daughter's off school. We went sledging this morning. All very nice. But um, anyway, we'll... We'll get on to that later. Right, that, uh, for what you're wondering what the hell that was all about, um, it was because, uh, in fact, there was a blue moon uh, in December. The last night of December, uh, certainly in the UK, I suppose that means it was everywhere else, New Year's Eve, uh, well, Happy New Year's, everybody, was a blue moon. And a blue moon means uh, two full moons in the same month, as I'm reliably informed. And I thought that would be an interesting way to start the show, and just to mention that um, particularly banal fact. So uh, I will use that as an introduction to welcome both my guests, uh, Dave, who you've sort of heard about his uh, his snowness. Uh, so Dave Spears from GeForceSoftware.com, makers of fine musical instruments, probably gearing up for Nam now, just putting the finish, the finishing touches, deciding on the knob caps, all that sort of thing for whatever it is that is going to be on show there. How are you doing, Dave? I'm all right, actually, yeah. I'm busy. I'm phased. Phased, yeah. It's weird, yeah, isn't it's... it? So, I mean, the snow is really kind of, kind of serious, isn't it? So uh, this year, or this week this day mm. even <laughs> and more to come oh god yeah which gets a bit worrying because um we got to get to the airport for god's sake it's this is the pre-nam preamble sonic talk 160 of course uh, i did forget to mention chat room um obviously there's no show next next week because i'll be in the air in an aeroplane but when there is uh, come visit sonicstate.com forward slash live uh, about 4 p.m uk time and that's where we'll all be hanging out and chit-chatting in the chat room while you listen to the live stream um my other guest uh, also um who's in connecticut who i'm guessing you're used to the snow you've probably got all the right snow chains the tools the kit the right boots the hats the gloves everything rich hilton Dip, 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 dip. <laughs> Richard, and of course, um, Grammy-winning record producer, engineer, player, been been in the business for for some time, working with you know the finest in the in the world. Are you working at the moment, or can't you get into work? I guess it must be tough. Oh no, we've been working. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the I mean, if it's not actually coming down really hard, we generally get to where we're going. Mm. For the most part, there's there's a pretty good system of plows. Here at my house, the hardest part is we live on a steep hill, and my driveway is uh, kind of wide and deep, and so there's a lot of sl- snow to clear on the premises just to get up the hill to the street, and from there, you're fine. Ah, uh, okay. you got to winch or something. Put a, put a uh, snowplow on the front of the, uh, the lawnmower. Well, no, but we've got a, a proper sl- snow blower. Wow. Which, uh, which uh, is very need, uh, well needed and used here. And thank goodness my 19-year-old son likes to pitch in and contribute now because I don't have to do it all myself. That's cool, actually. I'd imagine that's very useful, having a, uh, a fit teenager ready to, uh, to operate heavy power tools. Fit and uh, well, well uh, set out with, an attitude, with a proper attitude. Yeah. Yes. He's, well, he's a good boy. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you and your family had a great Christmas anyway. so uh, Yeah, we did. Thank you. Super. I had a great Christmas too. It was uh, cool. really, really good. Um, it's, uh, there's a couple of loose loose things that we go through first, because obviously this is the show that's pre-NAM. NAM starts on the 14th of January, running through to the 18th, I believe, or was it the 17th? 17th, and then uh, I fly back on the, the 18th, back to the UK. I'm looking forward to a bit of winter sun. But first of all, a couple of things. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of chit-chat and uh, noise about the new, or the potentially new, the Apple iTablet, iSlate, or whatever. I think iSlate would be a terrible name for a, for a compute. iSlate just sounds like you're, you know, you're slagging it off. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who perhaps haven't noticed um what we're we're looking at in description term descriptive terms is something about 
maybe 10 inch with a 10 inch screen that's like a big ipod touch and from what i've seen might even have a cd slot in it but uh that's all we know but apparently sometime towards the end of the month there's some kind of announcement presentation who knows does it mean anything can you imagine it finding a place in your palm or on your lap or whatever i'm sure i probably would just because i like gadgets sure I don't know. I'd love to People check are it out. sort of going, hey, this could be really cool. I guess it's a multi touch surface. Couldn't it be fantastically um, useful as a, as a kind of multi touch interface? Well, having just spent what is somewhere between six and eight weeks trying to get used to a Wacom tablet. <laughs> and still failing, or are you got there? I'm just about ready to throw it into the, into the drink. Really? <laughs> just about ready to f- have forgotten how you use a mouse yeah, or a trackpad? No, I'm ready to go back to that Logitech trackball that I, that I swore I would never use again. <sighs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in input hell at the moment. But, but besides that, I'll be interested to see what it how it is and how it works and if it makes me as happy as my iPod Touch does. Hmm, I think it could. I don't know what it's going to cost. I mean, they've been seen sort of thousand bucks, which seems quite well, seems kind of like laptop territory. When they were first introduced in PC World a few years ago, I knew a couple of people who had either Gateways or Dells or whatever the current touchscreen du jour and the thing was on the outside and the big deal was you can bring it to a client and you can sign documents and all of this and <laughs> like the ups every, guy <laughs> every single one of the guys i know who had it within six months refused to use it uh, okay this is the touchpad we're talking about the wacom kind of thing is that right well no i'm talking about uh uh, uh tablet oriented laptops ah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. No, the Wacom I can find people on both sides of. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm Richard Evans, who is uh, an occasional contributor to the podcast. I know he is. Uh, he's got a Wacom touchscreen tablet, so you just have the screen and you draw. You know, use the pen right on the screen, and that I know is expensive, but he says it's uh, it changed his life. I don't know. Do you? Can you? I mean, you're probably you probably know more than you're allowed to say, Dave, because um, presumably you get developer info. And there'd be some sort of new OS on it. It's, I've heard it's not going to be like OS ten. It's going to be some flavour of it that kind of is more close to the iPod uh, Touch. This is all total rumour, obviously. Uh, I know nothing, to be honest. Oh. I and I love the conjecture. And the it's great, isn't it? Speculation that surrounds. <laughs> Jesus, it keeps us going. We'd have nothing else to talk about, frankly. I I I looked at a couple of artist impressions, and I thought, hmm, that looks nice. I quite like the idea of sitting in front of the TV or something like that. And my iPhone is totally indispensable now. I mean, at the time, I kind of thought, I suppose we'd better get one just to kind of see. But now, I'd be totally lost without it. So if this does similar, and better, and bigger, and more... Yeah. Do you think you can? It's not a phone, so you'd have to have that and your phone. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of maybe using it in some in some way. It'd be great if you could do a podcast on it. That'd be fantastic. But I, I imagine it's probably going to be tight. You know, on the subject of it's not a phone, um, Google yesterday released a brand new uh, phone based on their operating system that's in the Droid product now. Oh, but yeah. It's their the, own, the Nexus. It's their, own, it's their own phone product. Yeah, it's got a five megapixel camera in it. Well, big deal. Mine N95's got a 5 megapixel camera. Right, but but the the other devices like this... (laughs) Right, that's the point. The iPhone doesn't. No, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I like the look of that. I like the look of that too. It's... uh, um, I'm kind of going to get a... uh, When I can afford a... a new phone, I'm going to get one of those, an Android phone. But I know this. This could be. This could be a new. People are kind of you know hailing it as the the, the sort of new, the big new thing, and uh, we'll see what it is and whether it has any development potential. I guess for making applications for it. I mean, I guess really, if you're thinking about making any kind of interface stuff, it's got to be better on a bigger screen. Because I mean, some of that iPhone, those iPhone music apps, while great, are not exactly what you call uh, easy to use, are they? No. Screen real estate is a little bit kind of. Uh, well, limited, shall we say. So the, presumably, I mean, if they were smart, they'd make it possible for people to upscale their existing applications the, for the iPhone and stick them on this, whatever it is, the iSlate, I, I don't know, what, what, did, what should they call it? I don't know. What they say, an iTablet, iSlate. Um... Grope me. Grope me. <laughs> How about I grope? 
I grope. <laughs> I feel. I tickle. Ah, I like oh, what you're saying. Cool. Very, very seasonal as well. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, um, I thought it was worth mentioning because obviously it was quite big news and everyone was going crazy about it because of... Uh, there wasn't enough to talk about over the holiday period. But having said that, the other thing that uh, I, I, I also that had a big effect on me is I went to see Avatar uh, in 3D uh, between Christmas and New Year. I don't know if any of you guys seen that? No, no I have not. Have you yet. not? Go. I tried. Please go. I tried. <laughs> it, it took a billion bucks at the box office. Wow. I think, and that must have been, you know, in the week, first week of its release or the first couple of weeks or whatever. Uh, I, I must say... Uh, although it goes all Hollywood and obvious, it's the most amazingly real uh, experience, cinematic experience, and sort of uh, construction of an alien world and species. It's just astonishing, absolutely, just breathtakingly beautiful. And also, in 3D, really, really terrifying, because there's loads of kind of quite death-defying gravitational stuff going on and you just you you find yourself leaning over the edge of, of a sort of bottomless precipice on a couple of occasions and it's uh, wow. it definitely makes your stomach drop you get adrenaline from it you know it's it's that i know people say ah oh, 3d is nothing special but really 3d in this is just amazing and the sound is astonishing as well i mean it's really good james horner um it's a bit schmaltzy in places as you can imagine but that's his style you know but uh, generally the sound design and stuff is brilliant too in fact um there was something on uh a spectrosonic site apparently um omnisphere stylus rmx and trillion are used as an integral integral part of the soundtrack on the film mm-hmm. apparently cool I which saw i th- that yeah uh, then it, but then it goes on to say most movie scores are produced in a six to eight week period after the movie is completely edited Usu- unusually the score for Avatar took 11 months <laughs> to record starting in January 2009 I wonder why that's if that's part of the reason it cost uh, for what did it cost 250 million it's the most expensive film ever made Oh, so you reckon a lot of that went to Horner over those 11 months? No, I shouldn't think so. I, I, should, imagine, <laughs> I, think so I should imagine, you know, maybe a, an 11-month proportionate um, element of that. I don't know. But astonishing piece of work. Right. Well, he's probably got a really good deal now because he's done the other movies for uh, The King of the World, Cameron, who I guess now really is a king of some world. He's certainly king Perhaps of what's, one what's of his own making. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the name of the, uh, the city, the, 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 I think it's called Pandora. They call the planet, I believe. Yeah, I think it's called Pandora. It's the world that they're on. And there's a, a brilliant nod to Roger Dean. I don't know if you remember the Roger, those Roger Dean posters that used to come out when, when we were, 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 were mere, mere snippets. Um, and the, particularly the one where there's these floating rocks that look like a whole load of um, uh, uh, mountains, but they're floating in the air. There is actually a world that they go up to, and that's kind of where they go to to catch the dragons that they go and ride on. It all sounds very kind of Dungeons and Dragons, but honestly, it's really believable and beautiful, beautiful. And the the whole of the forest, the forest is populated by these phosphorescent plants that, when you walk on them and touch them, they glow a little brighter. And it's just to watch; it's breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. Excellent. Uh, John Van Eaton in the chat room. Hello, John. He says he thinks that uh, Horner got six hundred grand. That'd do. And wow. I'd be—I'd love to know how John knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, as we said, conjecture is just—you know—it's obviously, <laughs> obviously, what we're the foundation, the bedrock of this show this week. Um, uh, hello to oh, hello to John, and hello to Tandorion. Uh, welcome back, uh, Tandorion. Um, always nice to see him in the chat room. <laughs> I love that name. So, um, but yes, guys, go and see Avatar. Uh, I, I mean, there is a point in it. In the first 40, 50 minutes, you're just going, wow, this is amazing. I don't believe it. And then it goes all, you know, usual shoot them up and, you know, the guys and the girls and the bad guys. It all goes a bit obvious, but uh, that's the disappointing. But the three, yes, Howie says, uh, no, sorry, Matthias in the chat room says, is the 3D with glasses effect good? And I'd say, oh, yes. And even the ads before the film are pretty good. Uh, you get, in fact, I think it was Cavoisier or something that came right out of the screen and sort of put the logo right in front of my face that I was trying to kind of touch it. Incredible. I mean, uh, really quite unusual. And I think Sky um, are launching a 3D television service this year. Or um, I think there was an ad for that in there somewhere. I don't know if anyone knows anything about that, but that's going to be quite interesting. 
So anyway, I mean, that's all a bit random and not particularly music tech, apart from the fact that the Spectrosonic stuff was used on the soundtrack. So uh, there's a little bit of a, a tie in there. So um, perhaps we should move on to our uh, first topic, uh, first uh, proper topic, which is um, some Novacord action. I'll play you a few clips. Yeah. This came from a soundtrack of the uh, the World Fair, 1940. This is um, original. <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll play you a bit of this, which is um, also... This is from uh, Dan Wilson, who is owns the only UK, as far as we know, Novacord. sounds beautiful i won't play too much more but dan wilson who in fact is um local he's in bath and he this is really really surreal because um this novacord the novacord is a 1939 electronic instrument made by hammond uh uh, it was he's got serial number 346 and this was originally owned by mark doty who's a guy called automatic gainsay who did a lot of really good uh, synth tour videos and did some stuff on the top 20 greatest synths for us and has come over to bath a few times anyway he hooked up with dan wilson at some point and uh, he got as far as he could do restoring this instrument because remember this is over 70 years old or about 70 years old. And he said um, you could, that uh, Dan could have it if he paid for the shipping, which I can't imagine how much it much it costs, because these things weigh an absolute ton. Must be about as heavy, at least, as a four-manual... Uh, thing, uh, thing. Yeah, Mellotron thing, wasn't it? Uh, it? I think he said it's £500. Jesus, that's half a ton, isn't it? And ours was 380 kilos. <clears throat> wow. So, yeah. Yeah, Yours might just have it. You might just have it there, Dave, in the heavyweight wars. Probably. And it did your back in. (laughs) So just watch out. But anyway, this instrument was introduced uh, in uh, April 30th, 1939, upon the opening of the World's Fair in New York. The world heard its first electronic orchestra. It was the premiere of the New World Ensemble, then newly formed especially for the Ford Exposition. Uh, The same group playing a Hammond organ and four Novacords, led by Ferd Grof, who was uh, was conducting this, uh, again appeared this year in daily concerts in the Garden Court at the Ford Exposition. Uh, It was originally made um, then uh, production stopped in 1949, uh, 1941 when parts were difficult to get hold of because of the war effort and it wasn't remade after that which meant you know if they kept going then we would have had a, probably a completely different history of synthesizers because there would have been synthesizers in production because essentially that's what it is it's like an organ stroke synthesizer but um, there are only a thousand ever made uh, Dan's is serial number 346 and there's a sh- great shot of the serial number plate and it says licensed only for amateur and experimental use which I really like <laughs> but it's an incredible thing have you ever seen one Dave because I know you're a synth nut I mean you, you may have seen one somewhere perhaps uh, not in the flesh no it's a kind of I'm I'm I have to say, and now you've said that he had it for shipping cost only, I am completely green with envy. He had to fix when it I, as well. When, when I saw the video, I, you know, do you know what? That's kind of irrelevant in my book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, when I saw the video, I was just like, we actually researched this a long time ago. Um, Phil Sirocco, the um, discrete synths, has been restoring one. I don't think it's the same one. Uh, and he had some absolutely magnificent audio examples on his site. I think it's discretesynthesizers.com. Right. We researched, we looked at a lot of the payments, and actually we did research um, doing an emulation of it for quite a while. It's something that uh, turned one of our excellent programmers on a lot. And we did look into it, but we kind of, I don't know, for various reasons, we never really got around to it. So when I saw this, I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then when I heard it, it's so lush. It is amazing. It's one of those instruments, because Hammond make those, you know, as with their organs, you can just sort of lean on the keyboard and play all the notes there are. There's something about electromechanical stuff, and they also, and it'll sound fine, whereas you don't get the same thing with kind of digital keyboards. It doesn't quite sort of, you know, but yeah. Th- th- it really is a masterpiece of mechanical engineering. Yeah, I mean, watch the old video. We've got, uh, uh, um, that was uh, Failed Muso, who very kindly pointed me at that 
particular um, video that was put up. I've been in uh, communication with Dan because he was after some uh, footage that we had of the original Novacord uh, with uh, with Mark Doty. I think we had yeah. it in our in one of the top twenty synths or the weirdest instruments. I think it's it was perhaps. Ones, yeah. uh, and uh, Howie, I think that's Howard Scar. Hello to you in the chat room. Um, said maybe you should do a special on Dan's machine. And, and actually, I did put it. I said, look, can I come to your house with a video camera? But um, he was sort of he was a bit reticent. I think he's a bit shy. But obviously, whoever it is that filmed this one um, obviously sort of talked him into it. But I'm, I'm determined to get out there. But basically, Hollow Sun, who are sounds maker, uh, they originally did a lot of Akai samples. They're doing an S6000 and uh, what's the other format? Contact format um, sometime in the year. So they've started taking samples and they'll be doing something. And it does sound astonishing so far. And it, uh, do you know? So you must know quite a lot about the insides of it. It's divide down, is it? Like the Furman and uh, Selena, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. What is yeah, that? They cover it in the video. Yeah. So it's that, and uh, but it's also got some other interesting. There were some other interesting things about the way that the uh, vibrato worked and all that kind of thing. I, I didn't. I must confess, I haven't studied the video in great depth because I was unable to spend much time on it today due to the snow. And I was looking after my daughter, so she wasn't very interested in this particular video, as you can might you might imagine. <laughs> but um, but yes, um, I d- just something about it. It just looks so fabulous, isn't it? It's got it's. It's got some similarities to, to the Yamaha GX1, hasn't it? It sort of look is that sort of mahogany furniture organ sits in the front room, you know, as a as a as the, a conversation piece in a main furniture of feature kind of vibe about, it, hasn't it? It just well, looks so beautiful. It's like a GS1, isn't it? I think. GS1, right? Yeah. Just right. All right. Just... Yeah, not a GX1. No, I think it was mispronunciation on my part. I was actually yeah. I was guessing, but you know, I was close. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> Got the G in the one, right? <laughs> the uh, that Novacord is gorgeous. It, it's some kind of uh, holy grail like machine to me, and I loved watching that video and seeing the inside of it and hearing it so well demonstrated. And it and it was so it's kind of funny to hear your intro to this segment here, where somebody in thirty nine is trying to play some kind of ragtime piece <laughs> on it. <laughs> I can't tell. Does it, do you know if it's um, got any velocity sensitivity, or is it all volume pedal and stuff? I don't. I don't see how it could. No, I suppose because organs are, aren't, are they? Although, hold on, um, don't the um, don't the Hammonds have some sort of percussive velocity sensitivity on the percussion portion, or am I wildly off base there? I don't think so. No. Okay. But I, I'm sure somebody in the chat room will correct me if we're wrong, but I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, I wondered about that because that. I mean, that would really, you know, if you could, the expressiveness you could get out of that. But I don't know what. I guess it's presumably fully polyphonic then. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You can lay your arm on the thing. I think. But the deal is that the oscillators share modulation across pairs. Yeah, I think that they. Uh, He's got six modulators for twelve oscillators. They were non-adjacent, weren't they? So that the, the vibrato would be di- would be different rates for each. I think it was pairs of semitones, like C and C sharp, for example. The impression I got yeah. was that, say, C and C sharp would be sharing a modulation oscillator, thinking, the thinking being that you're less often likely to do a cluster chord that would include a half step in it, and therefore they wouldn't often be modulating together. It's funny that, isn't it? Because nowadays that would be entirely common. It's just that they designed it around the sort of the musical taste of the time. Well, to, to a certain extent, and I think they were also just accommodating the what, the technological. There was some other reason he cited for why they didn't have twelve of them. Uh, I suspect some of it had to do with space and complication of the unit. But yeah, maybe I'm wrong. well, or price. I mean, I can't imagine price was much of a consideration back then because I mean, obviously, no, this was a labor of love for sure. Yeah. Oh, we've got Mark Tinley. He's got back. Let me just see if I can get him. He might be able to comment. And while you're getting him, let me just say that that Novacord sounds spectacular. I it does love sound good. Yeah. Mark Tinley, come in from the Hello. cold. Are you in from the cold? Got back without... I'm um... in from the cold, yeah. Wow. Uh, how is the snow where you are? Well, it's not that bad, like, actually. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but we nearly... Well, I nearly <laughs> drove the car into a ditch, actually. So. Oh, well done. 
Congratulations. So I was saying to Gina, you can't really go more than 30 on this stuff, can you? Blah, 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 blah. And we got to this junction and they just hadn't sorted it at all. And I put my foot on the brakes and the car just kept going and going. And I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, God, if something's coming, we've had it. And we're sailing out into this main road and uh, oh, well, I'm glad sailing okay. towards the verge. But luckily, the bit before the ditch was sorted and it just kind of gripped and, and decided to go the way i wanted it to just at the last moment so well, i'm glad go. to hear that mark you were verging on the verge there so uh, very yes, very close anyway mark. welcome happy new year and all those things we've just been talking about the hammond nova chord because uh Ooh. it was so beautiful did you see I that was, i did see it and i was really impressed with the fact that it had is it 146 valves is that right yeah I that's got to keep you warm in this weather isn't it yeah i thought it was way cool really yes. really impressed with that beautiful piece of equipment yeah so anyway dan wilson um well you know good luck to you what i think the first thing he did he said i, I meant he mentioned it in a couple of emails to me was that he uh, he made the, he, he created a balanced output so that's why it sounds so clean compared to taking it out of a line out via the amp so he's got a really good audio path out of it oh right apparently uh-huh and i oh. think if i'm correct i think failed muso who i follow on twitter for his amusing posts uh he was. He's got. He's doing something. Got something to do with the, the doing some of the looping or the cleanup or the you know dealing with the samples. I believe. So uh, yeah, it's got a good team on it, no doubt. Um, I think we should probably do an ad. See, it's seeing as it's now uh, about halfway through. I'm sorry to uh, cut you off in your prime there, Mark. Of course, Mark <laughs> be, being um, autismhero.com. Oh, no, I want to send them somewhere else today. Oh, okay, I'll send you somewhere else. Where are we going to send people today, though? I want people to go to likebeing.com, because today is the last day I'm going to give away my book for free. Okay, likebeing.com. All right, then. Yes. So, uh, well, maybe you should wait until tomorrow, because then, then... I'll tell you what, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll give the, I'll give the Sonic State as an exemption on it for an extra... I'll give, put it on for an extra day 13. Do you oh. think that's okay? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're the numbers guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, Mark. Uh, but right now, I think we should say um, thank you very much once again to Yamaha.co.uk, who are continuing to sponsor the podcast. Uh, we'd like to draw your attention, particularly around Nam time, because there are a whole bunch of products coming out to, to the Yamaha.download.co.uk, or if you want to uh, go through us uh, to to register the fact that where it came from it would probably help things so go to sonicstate.com forward slash yamaha and there will be a bounce page you can do what do one of two things and the first thing that you could do i'll say this first because i think it's probably more relevant is sign up to the newsletter because basically there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out for nam right uh, i think the press pr- i don't think we've had the pre-press yet although it's coming very shortly uh, of a whole new bunch of things coming out for NAM. If you sign up to the newsletter, you'll find out all about them quick. Although, obviously, we'll be meeting them at NAM too and getting a product tour uh, in our usual video way. But uh, sign up to the newsletter, keep abreast of everything. It's not just a Yamaha promotion fest. It's you know, it's other stuff too: artist news, music production, performance, creation, all sorts of things. Interviews, key artists, as is also the podcast. There's the Yamaha Download podcast, which uh, again is a month. It's a monthly uh, affair. Uh, it's really nicely produced, brilliantly presented, and it's got a whole lot of content on there again interviews with artists they've got performances there with various bands that they do band for a grand which is they get a whole bunch of people together to make uh to make some music on purely yamaha gear and uh and then you get to hear a couple of their tunes and it's it's cool actually very nice nice feature uh so latest product news competitions tutorials um something for everybody really so head over to sonicstate.com forward slash yamaha and check out what they have to offer and once again we really do appreciate their continued sponsorship of the show and uh we'll look really looking forward to seeing hooking up with the yamaha people at nam and seeing what products they've got because uh, they always have a really swanky suite uh, over in the marriott they kind of get a wing of the marriott and you go over there and they've got a big room and everybody's dressed in sort of smart clothes and it's all very professional actually it's like a sort of oasis of calm because all the noise you hear there is only Yamaha noise. So there must be something about it that all kind of merges together in a in a beautifully sort of less cacophonous way as it does in the rest of the hall. I don't know how it works, but it is always nice and sort of calm there. So if you're at NAM, head over to the Yamaha stand. If you're not at NAM, listen to the podcast. I think the new one will probably be coming out um, shortly for the January version. And also check the newsletter out because it'll be like being there, honest. And also check out uh, sonicstate.com news because we'll be covering all the Yamaha stuff. So thanks once again for them to sponsorship. And uh, I'm rambling. 
Uh, I'm obviously out of practice. I've had a week off. Well, I guess that brings us really to the other topic of conversation, which is NAM. We have a pre-NAM preamble, which is the sort of prefix of the show. It's up and coming. It's going to be an interesting show. There's going to be new stuff there. Um, could anybody um, cite anything they're particularly excited about? I mean, Dave, are you going to be showing something new there that you could uh, talk about, or is it all still hush-hush, nudge-nudge? Uh, it's all in the lap of the gods at the minute. Oh, really? Whoa. <laughs> You're going right down to the wire, are you? Uh, why change the habit of a lifetime? Oh, well, I know how you're feeling. No, we'll, we'll certainly have something. Um, yeah, probably a couple of things, actually. Oh, two things? Yeah. Oh, wow. God, no wonder you're so busy. Yes. Now, that is an exciting prospect. But aside from your own brilliant products... Um, what are you looking forward to? Because, I mean, you must get, like, you know, the occasional moment to wander off, and there must be somewhere that you usually, you like to go and visit habitually, because you've been going a long time like me. You know, there's somewhere where you go, and what, 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 will, you, what will you be looking out for at the show? I like trawling around the little booths. Yeah, downstairs. What's cool. Yeah, downstairs is actually a really good, vibey place. Um, but, you know, also the kind of stuff scattered around Hall A. I mean, it seems that some companies have kind of downsized their booths. And actually, this year, I'm not going to be shackled to a booth, ah. which actually makes a change. It'll be like the first time in something like 14 years. So will you be walking around with like a laptop and a sort of uh, kiosk? Uh, well, I'm going to my, – my booth is effectively going to be the uh, outside bar at the um, – is it the, no, the, it's the Marriott? Yeah, where we normally meet. So that's going to be my booth. Really? I've, 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 just I've, heard, thought, I've heard good things about that. PR companies usually go and hang around there. Yeah. I just thought, well, what's the point in going all that way and staying in an air-conditioned hall, catching some air-conditioning lurgy, and then spending a week recovering when I, got home, when I get home? I might as well just kind of... And, of course, for me, it's the holy grail because you can drink outside. And smoke. And you can smoke outside. So that's really <laughs> mine, man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and I, yes, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But aside from the bar and the the downstairs bits, um, things to look out for. I mean, I could probably mention a couple of things. Uh, there's the Teenage Engineering OP1. Remember that we saw it at Mesa in prototype. It wasn't working at all. Uh, and I've t- I've got an appointment with them at some point. Um, I can't remember where it is, but uh, they said pop round and see us. Um, and that's going to be on show, I believe. Who are we going to go and see? PV and Muse have got a big announcement to make. Uh, Dave Smith, something hot and new I've got in my notes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a look. Um, a new Focusrite product to be launched on the first day of the show. Bunch of stump, uh, stuff from Yamaha and Roland. Um, who else? Eigenharp. Eigen Labs have got something new to show as well, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a big surprise on the Korg stand, apparently, mm-hmm. too. Uh, let's see what else have I got. Uh, Ableton, not sure about Ableton's big party. Uh, Marshall, yeah, that's it for the time being. I haven't got a full diary in front of me, but uh, I've got some other things I've got. Did you see the MyMix link I sent out? Yes. Which looked kind of interesting. I don't quite know. It's a, stere- it's a personal networked personal mixer and multi-track recorder with a stereo I.O. and Ethernet. But they're being very cagey about what that might be. But it, I think it's got an SD card in it, so you can record and mix channels in there. It sort of looks a bit like one of those alpha track things, but uh, that still... It has, I, it's definitely got an SD card in it. Right, okay. Because I've seen pictures of that side of it with an SD card jammed in the side of it. And it's got a network connection on it and stereo in and out mm. and one big knob. One on big knob and some buttons and a <laughs> yeah. colour screen, possibly. A colour screen, yes. That looked quite interesting, actually. I, think... I mean, if it's, if it's what I think it is and it allows musicians to record in a hard disk recorder and then plug it into a network and just bounce ideas back and forth and all end up with the same thing and be able to work on the same thing, then that would be cool. That would be because I cool. still don't think anybody's done that in a way that can be done without a computer properly yet. And not all musicians are as clever as us, and that's not to put anyone down, but certain musicians that I know couldn't operate some of the stuff we can operate and would love to have the facility to be able to do multi-tracking and collaboration without having to know how to use a computer. Yes. So if it's not that product, then there isn't. There's definitely a market for that product because I know a good handful of people that would love to use that, which means there's probably loads of them. 
Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to head over to that for sure. Um, what have I got in here? I've got a must-sees, a must-sees thing. Uh, apparently, there's some new Swageman models, modules, uh, which synthesizer modules. Uh, we're going to be heading to the Big City Music Stand on the Sunday about 11 o'clock, which is traditional with us. So if anybody, any of you out there are listening and you want to hook up and meet us, uh, uh, we'll be... Um, scurrying about on this on the big city music stand uh on sunday at about 11 o'clock uh what else an ursa major space station euro rack module now that sounds quite exciting oh um what else uh, yeah that, that's about it all i've got has anybody heard anything else uh, I, rich you've always got your finger on the pulse you know lots of people who work in this kind of thing Have you got any uh got anything that you're looking forward to or anything that you know is coming that i've overlooked I'm sorry to disappoint you, Nick, but my finger is not on any of those things right now. <laughs> well, that's okay. But, I mean, the thing, the thing I love about, about the show is, and I try and build as much of it in, although, to be honest, the first three days are looking a bit chocker already. I try and leave Sunday completely free. In fact, the only appointment I've got is for the Big City Music Stand, and we try and go around and see all the little guys. You know, your um, Eric's and, you know, uh, all of that. We're going to go and see Spectrasonics as well. Um, that should be fun. Yeah. You should probably get a visit from Diego while you're out there too. Yeah, well it'd be good if Diego's listening. Maybe you we gotta can, hook here. You gotta hook it. You gotta, gotta hook up with him. Definitely. I expect him to be a I'll probably I'll give him a yeah, he usually demos and stuff, doesn't he? And does yeah. some talks about about a sound. yeah, definitely. We'll hook up with Diego as well. Um I don't know. It's kind of hard to speculate, isn't it? It does feel I know as an interesting sort of aside, last year before we went, we were sort of thinking, oh my God, what's it going to be like? Because obviously with the, the collapse of the money markets and everything, we were all thinking that it was going to be a really small and un, uninspiring show. With lots of people just kind of moaning about their financial situation. In fact, it was quite the opposite. It was really big and really vibrant and there was quite a lot of stuff to see. But I think, so I suspect that this year, I've heard from a number of people who usually expect to have giant booths, that they're going to be occupying less space or in some cases not actually even going. What's what amazed me today? I had a sudden moment of panic that I suddenly realised I hadn't had confirmation of our hotel through. <laughs> so I tried to get online and kind of check it, and it wouldn't let me in because the confirmation number wasn't right. I was using a year old one, Uh-oh. and uh, actually they've got availability, which is just totally unheard of. Really? Wow. As luck would have it, we were actually booked in, but it was like, my God, they've still got availability. I might check that actually because we're staying at uh, the delightful Vagabond, uh, which is now titled something else um which is a motel up the road but it's a little bit of a stroll but the thing is is they the prices of the hotels were really quite expensive when we booked because i think there a lot of them were snaffled up by the housing association and they obviously have a little bit of a kind of pricing thing going on there or at least that's the way it seems because so i think we stayed at the days Inn, which was directly opposite the show and uh, that went up from about 100 bucks a night to 250 bucks a night and it's just like a days in for 250 bucks a night come on guys you know that's really not not good or no it's 170 or something it was too expensive wow just too expensive god damn it but it's a it was a great place so maybe i'll check and see if we can get a couple of rooms in there because i know that the uh, network was all right i hope i'm not giving too much away here <laughs> but uh, uh, aside from that i'd just like to tell you a little bit about how we're going to be covering things i'm hoping that what we're going to be able to do is do some stuff on the mobile phones and upload that like i did last year i've got a much more snazzy uh, upload interface with uh, a fancy overlay and some some nifty poster framing stuff so that you know it won't just look like a random blurred picture it'll have at least a caption and some graphics and stuff so uh i'll be able to upload some stuff from the phone uh, a couple of phones, hopefully, and also um, we're now I'm I'm we're moving totally to a, a tapeless scenario. So we're going to be recording. We've set up our rigs so that we now can record directly to disc, which helps us with the whole production process, and we'll be able to get things up quicker. My only worry is now that uh, Simon Power, who's the guy who does a lot of the editing, has got to get here from Somerset, and uh, next week's not looking too <laughs> promising for a snow point of view. So I'm a bit terrified that we'll go to all this trouble and the poor guy won't be able to get in. So we'll have to maybe have to have a backup plan. You don't think they will have dug out by next week? No, I'm worried that it, there'll be more. Oh, it's I not, know. It's not talking about more. It's not. They? It's not. Oh, yeah, see. they'll have dug out by next week, but it will be. You know, the thing will. is, Rich, England's not very well geared up for this kind of stuff, so they only have a certain amount of salt and stuff. And once they've gritted the roads a few times, it kind of runs out, and yeah. then. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it all gets a bit kind of icy and dangerous. So. Yeah, that's the big problem. I mean, the snow's yeah. fine because it's soft and crunchy, but when it freezes, then we get in real trouble. So hopefully, uh, Nam will be, uh, well, it will all be working out. But uh, that's what we're going to be doing. So hopefully we're going to be bringing stuff. The idea is that I'm going to whiz around and get the really hot stuff in very short bursts up onto the site, just, you know, really fast and really quick. And then we'll go back and we'll have our usual in-depth kind of video stuff, which will go through the usual production process and and be uh, hopefully up to our usual standard. It's all going to be 16.9 format and um, high bandwidth, we hope. And, uh, you know, we've... uh, taken a new streaming option which allows us to be a lot more efficient and um you know have unlimited capacity basically even though it's going to cost more it should mean that you won't have too much slow you know waiting around time and all that kind of thing so that's what we're hoping anyway can you keep an eye out for affordable um guitar to midi converters because i fancy a new one and if there's anything really snappy and new come out i'd like to know about it did you not see my sonus uh, g2m Video? No. Ah, well, I reviewed I it. So it's only a mono one, but it's a little Is box. It? You plug a guitar and you get a MIDI out. It's quite a good fun. It's about it's a couple of. So, you know, I want to be able to play chords ideally, but uh, I'll go and look at that anyway. But. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would imagine your best way is to plug is to play your guitar into into Melodyne DNA and see how much you can uh, process <laughs> in real time because that'll output MIDI, won't it? I don't know, will it? I don't know if it'll put out MIDI. But it'll convert MIDI, won't it? Yes. Uh, maybe. It'll take it in, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Hey. Maybe they'll be announcing something I like that. I might be wrong. I might be wrong about <laughs> no, that. No, yeah, I'm sure you're right, because you use it and I don't. <laughs> well, I've not used it that way, though. So oh, right. Well, I've not used it at all. So, um, well, not much, anyway. But, yeah, it's going to be... A fun show, and I always get. I, and so far, I have to admit, because usually what happens is over Christmas, you know, I try and get as much of my prep work done before Christmas as possible. So I don't, I don't come into the new year thinking, "Oh Christ, I've got all these problems to solve with the rig and all the the workflow and all these things." And it's just so I've done quite well. But then what happens is over Christmas, while I'm not working, I have all these terrible nightmares on a regular basis where I'm waking up and you know I'm walking around the show and I've forgotten to charge my batteries up or I've forgotten my tapes or my trousers have fallen down. You know, all of that kind of anxiety dreams and I've only, had, I've only had one so far so I'm, I'm i'm not sure whether that's a good or a bad sign or whether i'm becoming a jaded old hack or uh i'm obviously so consummately professional that uh, i know everything's going to run smoothly i'm not sure which one it is yet i'm hoping it's the latter obviously but <laughs> we'll see <laughs> i do have a new camera mm. so mm, that might be an issue but uh, it's going to look beautiful. In fact, uh, you can see how good the imagery is. I did a review of the Mackie uh, 820i Onyx using the HD camera that we now got, uh, and it, it definitely looks a whole lot better than my old camera. Cool. But I'm not sure whether it's as easy to use in the heat of battle, as it were. How did the Onyx look? Oh, what, in terms of um, reportage? It's a beautiful in desk. Good. It's a lovely In general, desk. just if it worked well. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Um, I, I did find, and I still do find a little bit, that there seem to be clocking issues, but I'm not sure if it's my Mac or not, and I'm a bit concerned about that, obviously. But uh, it's got... It's a great mixer, and it does work well. I think the 1640i might be something that one might be interested in... Um, in if you were going to go the full recording route, because that's got brilliant Firewire I.O. routing, because the, the, the 820i has got uh, 8 out and 2 back, whereas the 1640i has 16 in, 16 back, and you can send it from buses, auxiliary sends, direct outs, it's, and tape return, you know, return them all into channels. It's really, you know, a, a, a sort of quite a nicely integrated solution, but it's obviously probably three or four times the size of the 820i. So, but the Onyx my camps, I think they sound great. I think I've said it before because I've always used Mackie mixers, and um, I think the la- they do, but they do sound really nice. I mean, I use the mic I'm using now, which is a Rode, um, forget what it's called, Podcaster, which is dynamic. It goes into the Mackie 820i at full gain, and there's just no noise. It doesn't introduce any noise at all, and I think that's kind of impressive for a, a, a mic amp on a. A, what is essentially a sort of budget to mid-price desk yeah. that acts like a Pro Tools dongle. Oh yeah, that works as well. I've, I've tried that. Yeah, 
because I, 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 um, wow. I, I plug that in and it works with Pro Tools M-Powered too. I mean, it does do it. What's the it difference does... between M-Powered and LE? Do you have any difference in functions? Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's track count, isn't it? I think, Rich, you're more Pro Tools. I, I don't really I don't use Pro Tools. I think it's track count. Numbers. I think there's, I can't I forget it. Or, or it's the number of physical IOs you get access to, perhaps. But I, I, I you know, you've got me on the, on the hop there. I don't actually have um, any facts to back that up with. But I think there are limitations. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it works. But anyway, uh, it's starting to sound a bit like a Mackie endorsement. But check the review out and uh, have a look at it. And I, I have to confess, it's not my finest review because uh, I did it after I'd been to the uh, the self-employed person's Christmas party for the year. And frankly, I was uh, absolutely hanging. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry about that. Dave, when are you flying out? Uh, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Wednesday morning for me. Um, there, there won't be a podcast next week because I will hopefully be in the air rather than retained um, by immigration. So um, I think it's <clears> going to be kind of fun. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get an upgrade this year. I've got the miles. I've got the air miles ready to spend them on upgrades, but there are none available on that particular flight. So it's going to be a bit packed, I think, by the sound of things. That would be, be all sure the guitar to- people up front, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it will be. It'll be all the guitar. It usually is. Yeah, it is. And the retailers. Be sure yes. to leave your uh, explosives packed underwear at home. Well, no, I tell you what, um, uh, what the problem that I've had before, because I flew back from New York when just after the, the Libyan, the starting of the Libyan conflict, and I, uh, they just took all my batteries away. And if that happens, I'm screwed. That, uh, they just, I don't know if they're doing that now. But no, you this, might be subject to a rather rigorous uh, departure uh, re- uh, regime. Oh, I'm sure we will. Frankly, I'm really looking forward to a bit of winter sun. <laughs> Yay! So, Dave, you're gonna you're gonna try and get to the coast. Yes. Dip your toe yeah. in the Pacific. It's always that's always nice too. Yeah. No. I mean, we've got a lot, a lot, a lot, lot going on. So, actually, what uh, you know, Chris and I don't get enough time to talk. So we oh, yeah, that's actually, the other thing. This, you, you can have meetings. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is a great thing about the flight. It's just like, right, okay, so what have we got to deal with? Yeah. you can. Yeah, I always find the flights really good for um, discussing the next year's uh, strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it works for us. Should yeah. we do this? Yeah, all right. Okay. Of course, Lee, it's, a, it's the annual board meeting. You said earlier... Um, Muse and Cakewalk, uh, Muse and PV. Yeah. Is that a joint thing? Some sort of joint announcement. I think it's obviously got something to do with uh, guitar processing or guitars and what have you. Um, I'm not sure. But PV are on fire. I don't know if you've ever tried any of their guitars because we reviewed uh, Rob Chappers, who's our guitar guy, who we're taking out to NAMM as well. We're going to have an actual dedicated guitar reporter this year, also with video. He's um, He checked out the, what was it, the PV Jerry Donahue the JD, uh, I forgot the model, and it is, I mean, I'm not a guitar guy, and I think I might have said it at the time, it sounds absolutely wonderful. It sound, it's like a, a telly-looking guitar, but it sounds like a Strat, an SG, or a telly. It's got this amazing electronics in it that kind of allow you to use, you know, to make it sound like all of those things. It's brilliant. So it'd be interesting to see what they're doing with Muse, but I'm, I'm guessing, because Muse are making kind of, computers obviously that process stuff in real time for performance i'm guessing it's going to be some kind of guitar effects real-time live processing thing i mean that's what i'm guessing but that obviously we won't know until the press conference which i believe is uh 10 30 on thursday morning uh i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to make that one but uh we're gonna go and see muse later so there will be stuff from us we will have some stuff out on that but anyway, folks, I guess uh, this sort of endless rambling is kind of bringing us inevitably towards the conclusion of our pre-NAM preamble. Um, so uh, unless anybody else has got anything they'd lo- like to add about uh, NAM or on any other business, um, speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I want to know who pork pie percussion are in Hall D on stand 3378. All right, okay. Uh, why great we, drums. Uh, do they make great drums, do they? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll see if I can check them. I do try and avoid the drum hall because it is. If ever you go somewhere and you stand there and just think, how could you spend your time in this hall? It's there because it is so noisy. Even the can they only play for like ten minutes an hour or something? Well, they've banned people from bringing in drumsticks, haven't they? That's what <laughs> cracked, cracked me up last year. There were big signs outside each hall saying no drumsticks allowed. Oh, that's Which interesting. What about the congas? Racist. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, you can be. I think it's just you know, kids coming in. No just, fingers. I think no they should search. You, I think they should search you for plectrums as well while they're at it. I mean, yeah, they, I, 
I did actually see, you know, security searching for drumsticks. Oh, In fact, I think they might have stopped me at one point and said, have you got any drumsticks on you? To which I think Chris had a lot of laughs. What you need to do is take drumsticks and secrete them about your person and then when you're in the hall you can like hire them out at a dollar a shot or something <laughs> mm, the worst hall for me is uh, was is messer in the piano hall that's the one because oh, yeah, I, I walked in there thinking it was a kind of oasis of calm but it's not it's just full of people who've been training for this big moment for the for the you know this year and they're all jazzing like crazy well, yeah, or kind of hammering out some kind of concerto. It's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> we had a fantastic time. I found a balloon, right? This is very off topic, but um, I found a balloon lying on the floor and I took my exhibitor's badge off and uh, crept up behind this guy who had his head inside the grand piano <laughs> and was oh, checking no. for the resonance and I burst it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you bad, bad boy. <laughs> Chris was oh, filming it, and he was crying with laughter. And the guy was it was a German guy, and he whacked his head on the top oh. of the, on the lid and was just, just shice, shice, shice. <laughs> <laughs> you meanie. That's, it had to be done. Yeah, well. I'm just, I'm just looking at a list of all these, um, the exhibitor list. Oh, there's, there's thousands of them. Uh, well, anyway, thank you very much to our guests. Uh, thanks, everybody, in the chat room for hanging out. Um, obviously, no show next week. I'll remind you again, if you wanted to come watch us live or listen to us live, uh, forget about it. But uh, there will be some coverage coming on stream from Friday next week of the NAM show. I should have some things up on Thursday uh, with our sort of live roving camera kind of business, hopefully. Um, thank you very much. Uh, chat room, sonicstate.com forward slash live, obviously. Um, when we are here and also thank you to everybody uh, my local guests uh, who've been able to get through the snow and hell and high water to uh, or perhaps back home or whatever to to join me um so i'll say thank you first to rich hilton from connecticut where he's uh, amply prepared for anything the weather may throw at him hey rich <laughs> thanks thank you and have a wonderful and safe journey to the west coast of the United States, and I look forward to reading and seeing your reports. Yeah, well, we'll have a show um, when we get back, I think, on the Wednesday. We'll uh, have a pre a debriefing. So thank you, Rich. Uh, MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius for all things Rich. And uh, I'll say thank you to um, Mark Tinley, who also um, braved some what sounds like some extreme driving conditions, at least, uh, to get back to us and uh, join us halfway through. Thank you very much, Mark. And what was the URL you want to point people to? I want people to go to likebeing.com. Likebeing.com. L- yeah, L-I-K-E-B-E-I-N-G. Like okay. That. And they can I get... Guess, f- can I just ask one more thing? Yeah, of course. It's Hall D, the drum hall. Possibly. I can't remember. Um, I tend so to go by... by what, what are the numbers in it? Uh, 2664. I've just noticed yeah. there's a company called XL, Drums, uh, XL Drumsticks. It's quite possibly exhibiting in there. You can't exhibit those. No, yeah. <laughs> how will they ever <laughs> get in? Down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They, they'll only point. be able to exhibit pictures of their. Uh, <laughs> well, we shall find out, and we'll get back to you and re- report and tell you how they got on. But uh, yes, anyway, thank you very much, Mark. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Happy New Year you- to everybody, and I look forward to. Um, watching your films and i shall speak to you in a couple of weeks great okay cheers mate and also dave spears well of course i'm going to see you out there um i expect at least one or two margaritas with you at your office while you're there then certainly definitely g4software.com and look out i guess um to us and other news organs for news of dave's new products Uh, hopefully i hope i hope it all comes together and you can announce uh with great ease at the show thank you and uh, that's it Sonic Talk number 160 this was the first of 2010 well thank you very much and also thank you very much to our sponsors yamaha.co.uk if you want to know what I'm talking about either listen further back in the show or uh, go to sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha and you can check out uh, their podcast and their newsletter and all the other great things that they do so thanks Uh, that's Sonic Talk number 160 done and dusted